0: Good morning. It's his first thing Friday. So it's time for Fix Insider. Our weekly newsletter, made here with Amazon Polly and a synthetic voice. Fix slash Insider, Friday July 9th. Ad tech. So the guy Apple hired to rethink their ad business, and then quickly unhired, has shared his thinking on the future of, ads, privacy. Antonio Garcia Martinez has a deep understanding of ad tech so his argument in favor of everything happening on the device, makes interesting reading. He is quite encouraging about Google Flock and sees a positive outcome. We have broken all laws of advertising physics, we have a product whose privacy profile is better which also monetizes at least as well and very likely better than the non-private version. This is a miracle on the order of Jesus with his loaves and fishes, we just reach into the magical bag of smartphone data and pull out a cornucopia that we couldn't have cooked up in a regular kitchen, and totes cool with privacy law. The China Advertising ID which sought to circumvent the Apple privacy moves, has wound to a halt. Apple have won this battle and their take on privacy prevails. One immediate effect is that money is moving to Android, where cookies still work. Except you can probably match the volume of potential customers but you can't match the quality. For most firms doing business on mobile, iOS users represent the majority of spend. Speaking to DTC firms this week, it is clear that ATT changes have severely impacted the performance of ads on Facebook. Part of the answer is going to be context, and this piece covers that off well, but we think people will have to use a combination of strategies. Ad tech veteran Tom Jenin has some advice for publishers, basically use the revenue you can still make from cookies to invest in the future and this idea is equally applicable to brands. Seek out high margin ad revenue, like strong brand creative solutions and high impact formats and measure brand lift properly. When Google announced they were delaying the phasing out of cookies, the stock price for Trade Desk jumped 16%. But they know it's still a problem and they are trying to innovate their way around. Their new Solimar dashboard encourages users to build campaigns around specific KPIs rather than clicks and CPM, and has been generally well-received. As Trade Desk does more partnerships like their one with Walmart, this model should get more traction. And to access innovation outside their own business, they have launched a VC arm, focused on ad tech. The first investment is in Chalice, a company pioneering new approaches to algorithmic ad buying. Merchant In this week's deep dive we covered grocery in some depth and shared some good reports, one from Dunhumby looking at the economics of online grocery and one from Wark going into the issues of brand and digital commerce. Let me know if you would like a copy of either. Flush with cash from their latest $1B plus raise, GoPuff are expanding. They are in talks to acquire London-based DJ which also has dark stores in France and Italy, building on their recent acquisition of Fancy which is active in the north of England. Back in the US they are expanding their dark kitchens to 20 cities. The acquisition trail will continue, talk to any of these startups and they are bullish about acquisitions to drive their growth, but most will also admit they are open to being acquired. And the gap between 15-minute grocery and meal delivery is going to dissolve. Deliveroo might get into the acquisitions too. In their latest results they mentioned Deliveroo sees an opportunity to make further discretionary investments into growth opportunities in the second half, their figures are good too, Q2 sales up 76% year on year. No info on their split between food and grocery. It seems that the habit of delivery is here to stay, as it is in the US where the NEAT reports. To make sure customers stick with them, DoorDash and Uber Eats have quickly expanded their delivery offerings. Along with hot meals, the companies are now delivering groceries, pet supplies, alcohol and dry goods, and nudging customers to add the new offerings to their carts when they order dinner. The one key issue is whether the reduced charges introduced over lockdown stay in place. And on the Morrison's takeover The Guardian runs an editorial, for sale, one supermarket chain, very careful owners, noting that the government is seeking assurances from the P firm Fortress. Newt. CNBC has a great summary of where all the key streaming platforms are at in terms of subscribers and ARPU but the levels of transparency varies considerably, with Netflix most open, as they are the gold standard in this sector. Universal's Peacock seems to be the weakest in the pack, a Bloomberg article suggests only around 3 meters pay for it at the moment but they hope the Olympics will change that. Matt Strauss, who oversees Peacock, gave a demo of what users will see when the Olympics begin July 23. There will be live track and field, gymnastics, curated highlights, medal counts, original programming and even commentary from Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. While all of that will be free to anyone who downloads the Peacock app, one piece of the coverage will not. Live streaming of the USA men's basketball team, typically one of the Olympics' most popular sports, will only be available to subscribers of Peacock Premium, which costs $4.99 a month. They are also planning to have Universal Movies appear on Peacock just four months after the cinema release date. The original vision was for Peacock to be an ads-based business, but I guess the low numbers have impacted this? A new survey shows almost two-thirds, 60%, of American video streamers said they have switched from ad-free to ad-supported streaming services in the past year. With everyone glued to the big screen for some exceptional football, a Reddit post showing different channels run different perimeter board ads got lots of attention. In fact this isn't that new, I worked with the French company Logadier, who could do this with static sites in the 90s and now it's quite common in Germany. And as ever leads were in the vanguard, as it was run in a World Cup warm-up match at Ellen Road in 2018. This tech is now more widely used and UK firm Marriott now apply it well in product placement. For all the focus on the growth of the streaming platforms, the opportunity for new types of advertising is equally exciting. East. The Chinese market continues to fascinate, but it is so fast moving. This interview with a Chinese VC is really interesting as he makes the point that some of the fastest-growing companies have prospered by focusing on second-tier Chinese cities. Whilst habits adopted in Beijing, Shanghai and Hong Kong may be transferable to the West, will habits that take off in rural China travel well? For example could Western farmers really emulate Brother Pomegranate. He once sold $1 million of pomegranates in a 20-minute live stream. A new podcast from Benedict Evans considers this issue of what we can learn from China, with great input from Lillian Lee. One thing that is familiar, agencies overclaiming and sometimes underdelivering. Many of the practices used to boost e-commerce sales in China are questionable, but there is a layer of agencies that help brands maximize sales. Social. We have seen brand uplift studies on some of the brands we have featured on good TikTok creative and the results have always been good. Now TikTok is making a brand lift study an option for all advertisers to better understand campaign performance. I think this is a good move, brand uplift studies are one of the best ways to see the impact of digital advertising, and will be used more and more. Tortoise have a good opinion piece from the head of an influencer agency, the social media influencers are just getting started. Vike, dance are to start selling their secret sauce, businesses will be able to use the AI that powers TikTok. And are they planning their own version of Cameo? In this week's Good TikTok Creative we looked at a brand that takes TikTok really seriously, JD Sports are now activating their involvement with Love Island through clever use of TikTok. Plus. A Deloitte report on the future of the creative economy, commissioned by Netflix. From Dior to Chanel, luxury bets big on YouTube. Podcast interview with Stephen Nuttall, one of the true pioneers of sport media and technology, working within some of the biggest companies in the world including notably, Leading YouTube's sport and UK business and managing the Google-owned businesses' relationships with major rights holders such as the IOC, FIFA and UEFA. People now spend more time on TikTok than YouTube, Facebook, Netflix, App Annie Report. Inside MSCHF's bold, brilliant, slightly unhinged plan to shake up streetwear. British esports franchise Excel gains backing from city heavyweights. Bullish on the space, why Anheuser-Busch InBev is testing NFTs in its marketing.